Hey everybody, this is Pastor Scott Frazier and I wanted to thank you in advance for taking the time to listen to this message. I pray that it encourages your heart, empowers your mind, and establishes your walk with God, enabling you to be the very best He created you to be. At the end of the message, I'll be telling you how you can connect with us and help us preach this gospel in all the world, all right? Now, take both ears, lean in, and let's go into the service. But I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 1, and I'm going to be reading Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. I'm going to be reading this from the NIV. And then I'm going to go to a scripture in 1 Peter chapter 4, okay? Philippians chapter 1, beginning in verse 12. The Apostle Paul is writing. He is writing from prison. Everybody say, from jail. He is writing while he is in jail. His circumstance, his present situation isn't ideal, but he's about ready to tell us something that's going to help us see how we can rejoice in what the Bible refers to as these present sufferings. Amen? Are you learning that God doesn't always change your circumstance? If you haven't, you will. But hopefully you've learned by now that God doesn't always change your situation. He actually spends more quality time changing you. Yes. And you are then able to change your situation. Okay? Philippians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says this. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has Actually, everybody say actually. Actually. We really, really zeroed in on this word last week, okay? I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served. What has happened to me has actually served. It may look like I am defeated, but this situation... I'm not serving it. Yeah. It's serving me. Yes. Amen. Yeah? Yeah. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me is actually served to advance the gospel. Amen. Verse 13. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Amen. I am in chains for Christ. Yeah. I am in chains for Christ. I am in chains for Christ. There's nothing I can do about being or not being in chains. But when I discover why I'm in chains, I can then rejoice. Are you with me? I am in chains. That's true. But I've discovered why. I'm in chains. And he goes on to say uh, that other people are taking advantages of him being in prison and they're trying to advance and further their ministry. And Paul says, you know what? Uh, It's all good. If they want to preach, as long as Christ is being preached, that's good. Can we skip down to say like verse um, maybe 17? 
Because I want to get through this. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing uh, that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. Verse 18. But what does it matter? Everybody say, what does it matter? What does it matter? What does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. I'm trying to share with you that when you find yourself in a place of conflict, it is incumbent upon you to discover the important thing. Not the uncomfortable thing. Yes. Say, I hear, you. I hear you. It doesn't take much for people to point out the uncomfortable thing. Right. Yeah, anybody can point out the uncomfortable yeah. thing. I said, anybody can point yeah. out the uncomfortable thing. Yes. It takes maturity and perspective to diagnose and point out the important thing. The important thing. Right? He goes on to, you know, experience this reality and he would go on to say that, you know, it's better for me if I were to go, but it's better for you that I stay. And he said, you know what? Whether I live, I live to the glory of God. Whether I die, I die to the glory of God. It doesn't really matter because I'm here for him. Let the church say amen. 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 Now I want you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Let me see if I can get some of this in here. Y'all doing good? First yes. Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Now this is the apostle Peter writing. Are you ready? Beloved, think it not strange. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, watch, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Think it not strange. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened. The Message Bible reads it this way. When life gets difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. Amen. Glory is just around the corner. Amen. Glory is just around the corner. Now, turn to somebody close to you and say, give him about 30 minutes and I think he can do this. <laughs> Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we're just so grateful for your word. Your word is what we live by. Your word gives us strength. Your word gives us hope. Your word gives us direction. Your word brings correction. Your word brings confirmation. Your word brings clarity. Lord, we desire a word. One word from heaven can alter our perspective. One word from heaven can can fix our situations. One word from heaven can lift our heads from beyond the mess and the mire of conflict and crisis. One word from heaven can introduce perspective that will allow us to begin to walk with confidence and clarity and surety. One word from heaven. That's all we need is one word from heaven. 
And Father, you're faithful to give us that word. So open our ears, open our hearts, open our minds. Give us the ability and the capacity to receive what you would say. And everybody say amen. 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 If there's a key in the kingdom that is worth mastering, if there's a key in the economy of the kingdom that's worth mastering, it would be the key of faith. The key of faith. God has an obsession. Everybody say, God is obsessed. God has an obsession. God's obsession is to be trusted. God's obsession is to be believed. He's so obsessed with being trusted. He's so obsessed with being believed that he has said, without faith, it's impossible to please me. Which would mean that with faith, the possibility and probability to please him exists. So there is something about faith that is worth mastering. There is something about faith that is worth guarding. There is something about your faith that is worth protecting. There is something about your faith that is worth keeping people off of it. Yeah, I feel like preaching. There's something about your faith that is worth making sure that other people don't trivialize the thing that you have esteemed to be important. Because if I know that faith gives me the potential to please him, then I don't want people around me that are going to constantly damage my faith. Don't mess with the thing in me that brings God pleasure. Yeah. Now, like most kingdom attributes, faith is an initial gift with potential within. Faith is something that is given, but when it's given, it's not given all at once. When you receive faith, you receive the measure of faith that you need for that moment. But Romans chapter 1 says that our righteousness is established by moving from faith to faith. Which means that I've got all the faith I need to do what he's called me to do today. But I don't have all the faith I'm going to get because I can grow into it. Yes, amen. Now we're getting there. That's why it's very wise, beloved, to not try to fight next year's battles with today's faith. Because today's faith might not be enough to handle tomorrow's circumstances. Are you with me? Well, I don't know how I'm going to handle next week. I don't know how I'm going to handle next month. I don't know how I'm going to handle next year. Well, my question would be, is it next week yet? No. Is it next month yet? No. Is it next year yet? No. Then don't worry about it. You've got enough faith to handle what's on your plate today. And the promise is when you get to your next month, there will be more faith because he giveth and giveth more faith. It grows. Everybody say, I have all I need. And I have access to what I need. I have all I need. That's why I spent about two or three weeks, a month or two ago, talking to you about the power of the crumb. 
The woman that said, if I just can get, if I could just get a crumb, I don't need the whole loaf. If I could just get a crumb, everything in the crumb is what's in the whole loaf. The same DNA in the loaf of bread is the same DNA that's in that crumb. And if I could just get one word, one yes, one prayer, one person, one agreement, one crumb, help me preach, y'all. All I need is one crumb. All I need is one measure of faith to handle what I am assigned to handle today. And I know that when I get into my tomorrow, faith will grow with me if I prioritize it. If I prioritize it. Your demand will determine the increase you experience. Now, let me do a little teaching for a second. The truth of faith comes through revelation. The proof of faith comes through situation. The truth of faith comes through revelation. But the proof of faith comes through situation. Pastor, break it down and make it plain. Okay, you can tell me what you believe, but I really don't know what you believe until you walk through something. And that's when I see what you really believe. Yeah? Words can be empty. The proof of what you believe is not going to be in the words that are taught. The proof of what you believe is going to be what comes out of you when you are squeezed by the circumstance. You can tell me what you believe, but if you don't live it when the heat gets turned up, right? So there are levels and measures of faith. And you need to know that there are new levels and measures of faith. Because today's faith is only for today's fight. Every time you move to another level, you're going to have to move to another level of faith. So faith grows and you've got to know how to accurately discern what measure of faith you're living in. The first level of faith, if you're writing this down or if you want to just make a mental note, the first level of faith is what I would call situation faith. Situation faith. Situation faith is the first level of faith that we usually experience. Watch this. And situation faith is based on what we're walking through. What we're walking through. Most of us stay at this level of situation faith Because we've only learned to exercise our faith when our circumstances are cooperating. Yeah. If we see it working, if we see it, whatever it is, if we see the faith working, we'll pray. If we see it working, we'll praise. If we see it working, we'll get involved. If we see it working, we'll believe. If we see it working, we'll attend. If we see it working, we'll invest. But as we mature, we discover the need for new levels of faith because there are going to be new levels of fight. 
And this scripture in Philippians chapter 1 is where the Apostle Paul is trying to take a church that he gave birth to. And he wants to get them from one level of faith to another level of faith. He wants to take them from situation faith to interpretation faith. Interpretation faith. Interpretation faith. Situation faith is based on what? Interpretation faith is based on why? Situation faith is based on what? What I'm walking through. What it looks like. What it feels like. What it sounds like. But the Apostle Paul is saying to the church here in Philippi, he's saying, hey guys, I know what it looks like. Yeah? The Apostle Paul is trying to move them from what faith to why faith. Everybody say situation faith. Interpretation faith. Paul's saying, I know what it looks like. It looks like I'm in prison. It looks like I don't know if I'm going to, you know, I don't know if I'm going to make it till tomorrow. That's what he's saying if you read that. He's saying they might kill me today. They might kill me tomorrow. They may be sharpening the guillotine as we speak. I don't laugh at the Apostle Paul's plights. I don't laugh at the, you know, at the at the hardships of the early church. I do get a little amused though sometimes when we start talking about our hardships. You know. You do realize that in the early days of Christianity, if someone professed their loyalty to Jesus, that they would tie his arm to a chariot and tie this arm to a chariot and command them to leave and they would split them wide open. And we have a hard time because somebody unfriends us. We get all bent out of shape because somebody didn't click like. You know? And, and, you know, they, they, they would take they would take the early, early apostles and they would, they would throw them into the lion's den. Yeah. And and I know that some of you hate school. And I know that some of you hate your job, but it, it ain't quite the lion's den. Everybody say actually. actually. I know what it looks like, and if all I had was situation faith, and I didn't have an interpretation of faith, then I would be of most men miserable. So Paul's saying, let me watch, let me not change your circumstance. Let me give you another interpretation. See, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That's an interpretation. Uh, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's an interpretation faith, right? That's not just a situation faith. Most of us don't live in situation faith. We think that if we make the right choice and we say yes to God, that none of this stuff should happen. We think that if we get saved and we say yes to God, that everything is going to be hugs and kisses and, you know, uh, 
uh, you know, wonderful and marvelous and, you know, skipping through the fields and, you know, kumbaya forever and ever. No, 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 no. Well, I, I said yes to God and I gave my heart to Jesus and now it seems like all hell's breaking loose. Maybe I did something wrong. No, it could be that you did something right and now you're no longer walking in concert with the enemy, but now you're walking against the enemy and the darts and the arrows that he's throwing you never noticed before because they've never been aimed at you before. Somebody say actually. Interpretation faith is what enables you to see and say accurately what's going on. Can these dry bones live? Lord, thou knowest. It doesn't look like it from this end. Who's honest enough to say, I know what that I know what that feels like. When, when, you ever had God tell you that you could do something and you're like, well, it don't look like it from this end. Right? Amen. Oh, God's going to bless you financially. Well, it don't look like it from this end. Oh, God's going to heal your marriage. Well, it don't look like it from this end. Oh, God's going to give you a better job. Well, it don't look like it from this end. God's going to make a straight path for you. Well, it don't look like it from this end. That's why you need somebody in your life that doesn't just rush in and try to fix your stuff, but they rush in and they work on fixing you so you can look again at the same thing and go, wait a minute, actually, the thing that I thought was going to destroy me has actually delivered me. The thing that I thought was going to destroy me was actually sent to develop me. He meant it for evil, talking about Satan, but God not only meant it for good, this is going to rub something out the wrong way, please love me. God didn't just mean it for good, God sent it for Good. He sent it for your good. He knew what you needed to overcome to gain another level of confidence and boldness. Interpretation faith. I told you last week the story. Let me just kind of mention it again and let's see how we're doing on time. Everybody good? It's 5 till 12. You're on medication. You have to take it at 12 o'clock. Get ready to pop the pill. Here we go. All right. Uh, you might remember I, I, I told you last week that there was there was a um, time I was talking to my dad and he was telling me about when he taught uh, clinical psychology. He was, to, he was a professor at the University of Georgia. And he said that part of the curriculum he would get his students to watch. And there was actually two specific movies. He said, I made my, I made my students watch two specific movies. And um, one of them was One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest. And that was kind of funny. If anybody's ever seen that movie, that was a great movie. Um, but, but the other movie, he said, he said, and the reason that I had them watch this movie, he said, I had them watch this movie because it was an incredible picture of how the alpha emerges based on environment. That somebody like this, somebody, you ever been to school with someone 
and it was obvious that they weren't the top dog on the playground. But if you go to their house, then all of a sudden, you know, they're top dog in their house, right? Because it's their house. So the alpha emerges based upon environment. Are y'all with me? And so dad said, you need to watch this movie because it's great. So I watched the movie. And it, later he asked me, he said, well, what did you think about the movie? And I said, you know, man, it was great. And he said, he said, really, did you, did, did you get it? And I said, yeah. <laughs> it was something. Real smart. And I told you last week that, you know, it's almost like if you ever asked somebody, did you see the show last night? And they say, yeah, because... I don't know why we can't just say, no, I didn't watch it. You know, it's like we, we, feel, we have this insatiable need to be involved in conversation, so we'll just lie. Did you see it last night? Yeah. What did you think about the part when they did this and did this and did this? And, and, and they're like, ha, 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 ha. I did that with somebody one time. I said, Would you, you know, did you watch that movie? Yeah, that was great. I know it. What'd you think about when Maverick, it was like Top Gun. What'd you think about when Maverick did this? And I was like, I know, I couldn't believe it. And I made it up. <laughs> Maverick didn't do that. And I did what most people do. I covered them. I protected them. I didn't hurt their feet. No, no you know what I did? You lie, you ain't watch no movie. <laughs> um, but watch, watch. I'm not going to be long. I'm going to close this down. Watch this. I had to come clean because he knew I didn't see the movie based upon my response. That's why when people tell me I've been spending time with God and I look at their life and I'm like, no, you haven't. Because if you've been spending time with God, you'd have a different response to things. I really been praying. No, you hadn't. You really hadn't. You can say you have, but you hadn't. I already know. I've been reading the Word. No, you hadn't. You still get tripped up on little stuff. Mm -hmm. I have met people that told me, Pastor Scott, I've been a Christian for 25 years. And I tell them, shh. 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 Don't tell them that. Because you look like you've been saved about 25 minutes. Don't tell folks you've been saved 25 years. They'll expect you to be further along like I do. Because yeah. I've been praying for 30 years. Mm, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be blowing that trumpet too loud. I wouldn't be doing that. So anyway, watch this. So my dad, I had to complain. I said, Dad, I didn't get it. He said, Okay, here's what it was. And he explained the movie. Watch. He did not tell me to go watch another movie. He did not insult me. He explained the movie by interpreting it. He interpreted the movie, and I had one of those, wow, aha, I get it moments. That's what God meant when he says, behold, I make all things new. Can I tell you why we don't like that? Even though it's in the Bible and even though God said it. Because we want all new things. We want all new things. God says, no, I'm going to make all things new. How do you do that? I'm going to 
give you a new interpretation. I'm going to give you one of those actually. Are you with me? Yeah. The proof that God is for you isn't that he gets you out. The proof that God's for you is that he jumps in it with you. That's interpretation faith. Paul says, you guys, you're crying for me. Stop. I'm not chained to this prisoner. This prisoner's chained to me. And he's mad because I won't shut up about how good Jesus is. Somebody say, I hear you. That's what Paul said. He said, I'm sitting here advancing the gospel and they don't know what to do with me. Don't cry for me. Don't be upset for me. Don't pray for me. Yeah, if I get out of here, it'd be great. I'd love it. If they decide, if my ticket comes up tomorrow and I'm going to heaven, I'm good with that too. But look here, while I'm here, while I'm here, while I'm here, I'm not backing up. I'm advancing the gospel. I wish I could. See, beloved, until you get an accurate interpretation of your present situation, you'll never discover why, because you're always misreading your what? Until you get an accurate interpretation of your present situation. Isn't that what Paul said in Romans chapter 8? For those of us who wonder if Paul was a southern boy, he was. Because Romans chapter 8, he says, for I reckon... <laughs> Paul says, for I reckon the sufferings of this. <laughs> I swear one day y'all going to read your Bible. I, I do. God, that's my prayer. 2019 is right around the corner. My prayer is that your people will pick this book up and read it in Jesus name. Ominous, ominous, you drive the bus, I ride the bus. Amen. That's the only Latin I know. He says, for I reckon the present sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory. You don't understand what I'm presently going through. Yeah, I do. And actually... It ain't as bad as you think. Actually, God's doing more in you than you know he's doing. Actually, God sent it. Actually, it's a setup. Actually, something's being wrought in your life. And you're not just seeing the truth of faith. You're realizing the proof of faith. And it's being worked out in you. And now you can look at situations that other people would try to avoid. And you can say, send me in there because my faith isn't dependent on what's going on around me. My faith is dependent on who lives inside of me and I can do all things. Now watch this. Watch this. Because interpretation, beloved, is important. Interpretation is important. You've got to learn how to interpret what people are really asking you sometimes. Yeah? Your husband or your wife ever asked you a question? You better quit. You better figure out quick. That ain't what they're really asking you. Am I right about it? 
If your children ask you a question, you better figure out quick that's not what they're really asking you. Amen. Right? They may ask you a question, and the question might be, if things are tight in the house and tight in the atmosphere, your kids might ask you, Daddy, Mommy, are you, are you okay? That ain't what they're asking. That ain't what they're asking. You know what they're asking? Are we all right? And you've got to learn how to interpret what they're asking so that you can answer the question they don't know how to ask. Yeah? yeah? Because people won't. They need. So, so interpretation faith is important. And this is what gets me. Have you ever read the scripture that tells us to put on the whole armor of God? Yeah. Have you ever read that? We read, trying to make this interesting for you. We read, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Are y'all with me? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the wiles of the devil. Now that's what the Bible reads. That's what we preach. That's what we say we believe. But actually... What we really believe is this. If I put on the whole armor of God, there'll never be any wiles of the devil. That's what we actually believe. You know why? Because we always get bent out of shape when there are wiles and schemes. I can't get no I thought y'all loved me. Pastor, I thought I was doing the right thing, but this... You are doing the right thing. Yeah, but the devil's really giving me a hard time. Good! 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 Me and the devil about to have a head-on collision. Good! That at least means you ain't walking in the same direction. That's right. That's right. Yeah? I get worried about the folks that the devil ain't messing with too much. <laughs> because sometimes the level of your attack will be based on the level of your assignment. I've only got five minutes left. You all ready? The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, that we are to take the shield of faith. Let's see. I need somebody. Who can I use? Come here, Roger. First of all, first of all, first of all, let's see. Stand here with me. Okay. These are darts. These are darts. Okay. They're nerfed. So don't get excited. Don't, I ain't gonna too bad. Okay, the Nerf darts. Okay, so these are darts. Now, here's the deal. Are you ready? When and, and and the Bible says that we're to put on the shield of faith, so that we may be able to quench. That sounded like um. 
What does that music sound like? That sound sounded like something. Jeopardy. I'm not, I'm not, I got distracted. I'm sitting there trying to think. It almost sounded like Town Clown Ice Cream. Oh. Ice Cream! <laughs> I got the ice cream. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it because your daddy can't afford it. He's okay. <laughs> All right, hold this. Just hold that. Okay. Now, the Bible tells us that we're to take the shield of faith to quench, right? To quench fiery darts, the enemy. Peter says, don't think it's strange, this fiery trial, right? Paul calls them fiery darts. The apostle Peter calls them fiery trials. But the thing is this. Don't think it strange, watch, as though some strange thing happened. Have you ever talked to somebody and they, they act like, I can't believe this is happening to me. Now, I'm not talking about bad choices. I'm not talking about bad decisions. I'm not talking about things like that. I, I got people in my life and, and they'll do some of the craziest things in the world. And, and you know... Um, I had somebody the other week. I really, I had somebody the other week. And they said, Pastor, would you pray for me? I said, Sure. What's going on? Well, I'm in a financial battle. I said, Okay. I'm really in a financial battle, Pastor. Will you pray for me? Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you tithe? No. Okay. Then you're not in a battle. It's a curse. And I can't pray over a curse. So go ahead. They looked. I said, I'm serious. I can't. I was in the book of Proverbs. God doesn't even respect the prayers of those who don't follow an instruction. I know, I know, I know we don't like Bible. I know, I know. It's okay though. It's all right. I'm going to find a book y'all do like. But right now I'm going to stick with the Bible, okay? Okay. So I, I know people that make bad choices and their choices reap consequences and they're like this. I don't know how that happened. And you know, you want to go, I know. I got an answer. I don't know how that happened. Oh. Oh. You had to be here Wednesday night. Yeah, I know. I know. Okay, so watch this. Now first, stand right here. Okay? I'm the devil. Look that one. I'm the, de I'm the devil. I'm the devil. Good devil. Now, now. Okay, here's what the devil does. Okay? Here's what the devil does. The devil is a dart thrower. Okay? The devil's a dart thrower. So the devil's throwing... Can y'all see? So the devil's throwing... Look that way. Okay. So the devil's throwing darts. Because the devil's a dart thrower. Okay? He don't care. It don't matter. Now, Roger begins to mature in life. Keep walking. Keep walking. The devil's still a dart thrower. Okay, that's far enough because I don't have a good aim. Just stand right there. Devil, the devil's still a dart thrower, right? Everybody see this? The devil's still a dart thrower. But Roger, he don't care. It's not that big a deal. Because we only care about the stuff that impacts us. Ugh, I can't get no help up in here. We only care about the stuff that impacts us. Let's be honest. Come on. Yeah. 
So the devil's a dart thrower. Now, that don't mean nothing. You don't even, Roger does not even notice the darts. Ready? Until he turns around. And the biblical word translated to turn around is repent. So Roger don't even notice the darts until he repents. Y'all were yawning like crazy. You had an extra hour of sleep. But I know how you think. We don't think an extra hour of sleep. We think an extra hour to stay up. Yeah, we do. He don't even notice the darts until he repents. I didn't even notice the attacks of the enemy until I tried to get right with God. Somebody help me. I didn't even care about the attacks until I turned around. Now, the darts that were there all the time are now coming at him. And you've got the shield of faith. But you're still going to be upset because it's still coming. And it's still coming. And this is about what the extent... Feel that. This is about what the extent of the attack feels like. It ain't nothing to it. Nothing to it. Everybody say nothing to it. There's nothing to it. And if all the devil did was fire darts at us, it wouldn't matter. But he fires fiery darts at us. And that might not mean anything until you recognize that back in that day, most of the time their shields, you didn't get it, Toys R Us. Their shields of faith were made of wood. Oh, I'm about to run. So the dart, which means nothing, is launched at the shield. And if enough darts, watch, not come, but stick. Oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost right about now. It ain't the words that are said to you that hurt. It's the words that stick that hurt. It's not the anger that hurts. It's the anger that sticks that hurts. It's not the offense that's that big a deal. It's the offenses that stick. It's the stuff that happens and then you take it home and you nurse it and you rehearse it and you get mad about it and you throw a pity party about it and it happened yesterday but it's now six months later and you're still talking about it and you're still and now the darts the darts the darts which couldn't hurt you they couldn't hurt you 
You ain't nothing. Your daddy wasn't nothing. You ain't never going to be nothing. Ain't nobody in your family ever been nothing. I wish y'all would help me. Nobody in your family's ever gone to college. You don't, don't you reach for anything better. She don't love you. You've been hurt before. You'll be hurt again. And we're sitting there wondering, why is this happening to me? It's happening to you because you said yes. And the devil's scared of you. And he knows if he doesn't get you, he's got to go after your faith. And if enough of the dart stick in the faith, the faith shield burns up. And now you are vulnerable. Everybody stand up. If the devil thought he could get you, he would. If the devil thought he could take you out, he would. But if the enemy knows, if I can get their faith. If I can get their faith, if I can cause them to just give up. Oh, Jesus, help me. If I can cause them to just start doubting. If I can cause them to be so consumed with what they're going through that they never hang in there long enough to discover why. Because when you discover why, you'll say some crazy things. You'll say some squirrely things. You'll say some things that just don't make no sense. Pastor, what are you talking about? What's a squirrely thing that I could say that don't make no sense? Here's one. You know, it was good for me that I was afflicted. Oh, is there any praisers in this house right now? It was it was good for me that I went through some valleys because I discovered that through it all. But Pastor, I don't want to have any problems. Then how will you know God can solve them? How will you know God can solve them if you never want to experience them? But Pastor... You don't know what happened to me in my past. 
brothers and sisters. Some of you got your head so far up your past. <laughs> Look at the person next to you and say, get your head out your pants. Daryl, preach right there all by itself. Get your head out your pants. Some of us got our heads so far up our past. You find yourself saying crazy things like this fiery trial. Just, just for a moment. It's working. 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 Say it slower. Working. Working for me. Well, I sincerely hope you were blessed by the word today. And I pray something something that was said would challenge you and give you the courage to reach for the change you desire. Guys, we really do want to connect, okay? So I want you to go and follow us on Facebook, New Covenant Christian Church in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. You can follow me on Facebook, Pastor Scott Frazier. You can check us out on YouTube, NC3 Wilkesboro. And I want you to go to our website, okay? nc3wilkesboro.com that's nc3wilkesboro.com and there you can get messages like these and others and sort of keep up with what we're doing and if the Lord lays it upon your heart you can download the giving app and you can sow a seed you can make an investment into our ministry because we know we can't do it without friends and partners like you we thank you so so much And now I want to pray in Jesus' name that heaven's blessings be upon you. I pray that your best day is in front of you. And I pray the presence and the power of God always be with you. Don't ever forget the one that knows you best loves you most. See you next time.